All right, welcome to The Big Schmooze, the show that we sometimes do. Uh, and not even, uh, I guess when I say we, usually it means Will and I, but uh, Will maybe will be there, but we have a new member of the team, Courtney. So, uh, hello. Yeah, hello. Uh, this, yeah, we, so we, we kind of have just, I guess like we do this so infrequently that every time we do a new episode, I feel the need to explain what it is again. Um, but it's just, you know, it's like a hangout. And, uh, last episode we had Matt Rose on who will idolizes because he has a lot of YouTube followers. And so we had him do like a YouTube rescue on our show and he gave us a bunch of tips and then we haven't, we haven't done an episode in six months since then. So we, we didn't really take them to heart. <laughs> um, well, I'm honored to be here. Yes. Welcome. Um, you know, it, it kind of gets more like a morning zoo energy. I think when there's three of us, um, Although there's not three of us, although Will Will's supposed to be coming. So what we're doing today anyway, though, is I don't know. I mean, Courtney, you probably heard, but in the craziness of the last like four years, uh, I've probably heard the phrase, I didn't have that on my 2020 bingo card a hundred thousand times. And, uh, you know, the thing is like, it was probably funny the first hundred, let's say a hundred times, maybe like the first hundred of them, basically in the Trump era where you're like, I did not think we would be here uh, at this point in history. Uh, and then now, now it's now it's a little tired, but it kind of gave me the idea that, you know what, maybe if we actually had bingo cards, we could bring some life back into this trope. I could not agree more. That actually brings me to one of my personal favorite bingo card items that I have down, which is, I think we're going to see Trump has a McDonald's meal come 2022. When you say that, you mean like, it is like, you can go to McDonald's and say, I'll have the Trump. And order the Trump. And and what do you picture being in the Trump? It is a triple stacked fish filet sandwich or fish o filet and an impeachment sprite. He, but he would not like that. So I guess, uh, I guess my question is really like, this is going to become a political issue because, of course, everything that has Trump's name on it becomes political. So, like, is it for Republicans? Are they going to go order? Because they don't want an impeachment part of it. No, absolutely. It's for the liberals. So, so it's a liberal. Okay. The, the Trump becomes a liberal uh, order at McDonald's. Yes. And you'll have, like... You'll have a bunch of people who need to go show that they're, you know, they're they're a good liberal. So, like, is Elizabeth Warren going to go to McDonald's and, like, live Instagram? You're know, like, I'm here at McDonald's. I'm ordering. I will have two Trumps, please. Yes, which, to be clear, that is six fish patties. <laughs> and she eats it to show that she does not support Donald Trump. To show her distaste. And okay. how easy is that to do with six fish fillets? I, you know, I've never had a fish fillet from McDonald's. I don't go there much. Have you actually had one? Well, Tom, as a former Catholic schoolgirl, Friday nights were the nights yeah. to go out, get some fast food, you get a fish fillet sandwich. If okay. you were living it up during Lent on a Friday, you knew McDonald's had it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, I, you know, I've never really understood that. I, I also was raised with the. Uh, it's during Lent, right, that you go and you eat the fish. That you, Everybody eats a ton of fried fish to try to show something about Jesus or God. They're like, what's what's the idea there? You can't eat meat? Um, you cannot eat meat, but you can intake as many carbs as you want to show your dedication to the Lord. All right. Well, That's yeah. what I got from it. Okay. Well, I like it. So the Trump becomes a part of McDonald's. I have a Trump one on my bingo card as well, so I'll just jump to that one. Mine is that I think at some point in 2022, 
uh, Donald Trump will get really into NFTs and talk about them obsessively and constantly and like call all the shows and just keep going on and on about NFTs, but clearly have absolutely no idea what an NFT is. And every single reference he makes doesn't actually make sense. You know, like he'll call and say like, yeah, so, you know, I drew 15 NFTs this morning. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to make more NFTs. I've got, I've got 45 NFTs in my pocket right now and I'm going to give them away for uh, you know, whatever price, like just stuff where it's like, clearly he has no idea what this is and nobody cares. <laughs> and everyone just keeps encouraging him. Like, you know, Tucker Carlson's like, all right, we have Donald Trump here talking about NFTs for the third night in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see a Trumpy bear NFT. I don't think he would get to the point of even understanding that it's like an image, like maybe that, but he's like, Absolutely. he, like, he thinks like, it's just a thing you put in your wallet and like, yeah, I'm paying, I'm paying for the, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to go to McDonald's. I've got 15 NFTs in my pocket. I'm going to order 15, uh, 15 of the Trump meals. It's They're not like, for takes. You don't take that coinage from him. You just show it and put it back in your pocket. Yeah. Like I, I don't have the brain uh, or the lack of brain to be able to understand where he's going to go with it. But I think this is going to be one of his things. And it's going to be something where like he's going to be talking about NFTs and how great they are as he starts the primary, uh, you know, for president. And just another thing that takes us away from talking about anything that makes any sense or anything that he even cares about. I'm looking forward to that thoroughly. <laughs> Maybe I can learn something, a thing or two of NFTs from Mr. T. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask you some stupid questions here because I barely get, like an NFT is an image and we've decided that it has value because it cannot be replicated, right? That's the basic idea? Correct. Do you, do you get, have they figured out how that works in a world where everything is online and you can like screen grab and copy and save as a screen grab is not the same as the actual transferred image yeah but like is there do you get According the? To i understand that concept in the same way that like the original uh manuscript for a book is not the same one that you go buy at the store but i don't necessarily get i guess okay so that that's basically all it is though right is like it's like the original copy and that's why yep. we okay all right and that's why do you have any NFTs? You gonna buy any? <laughs> Not yet. Maybe I'll make some. Okay. All right. Well, we'll watch out for that. All right. Let's go to your next one. Okay, my next one. I'm gonna actually hold off on one until Will gets here because I think the three of us together would enjoy that. Um, Tom. I'm thinking this year in 2022, there is going to be some massive blowouts with the GOP. Mm. But I think one of the most evolutionary of these debates is over puppy breath. Puppy breath? Yes. What is it? Do what you is love that? it? Do you hate it? Like, are we talking literally when a puppy breathes into your face? How do you, yes. how do you feel? Yes, Tom. Do you love the wet, warm kisses and puppy breaths from tiny baby dogs? And your your sense is like what? Ted Cruz is going to come out and say it's disgusting and he can't stand it? No, Ted Cruz loves it. He loves puppy breath. Okay. And who's but, who, who's against it? Oh, God. Like Ron Paul or Rand Paul, I mean. I think Rand Paul definitely is against it. Rudy Giuliani even could chip in. I feel like he would be for it. But Rudy like Giuliani's like at he's at 
four landscapes or the, the four seasons total landscaping holding like six puppies just like i'm breathing in six puppies breath right now i really really this is the way to the only way to breathe everybody breathe. smell Seriously. it in yeah um and then like it, it becomes a thing at the debates where it's like how many puppies can you hold at one time to to get a concentrated <laughs> amount of puppy breath in your face I think they're also going to get a team of medical scientists in on it. And I would like to see this puppy breath turned into an SSRI, Tom. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, And then also like when they do debate prep now, their campaign managers are like, look, you got to be doing uh, all kinds of upper arm workouts because if you drop a puppy on stage, you're done. You're done. Yeah. But it's like, you got to hold so many of them. And like, you, look, Ted, Ted's not going to drop a puppy tomorrow. All right. All right, Ron. All right. You got to You got to be on this. Deep breathing exercises and holding on to your oxygen for as long as possible. So you can withstand about 15 minutes of uninterrupted puppy kisses. There's yeah. There's just like these pens uh, off to the side of the whole debate thing where just like there's a hundred puppies. It looks like a puppy mill off, you know, just, just <laughs> off camera. Which it is. It's yeah. sponsored by puppies. <laughs> they go and just grab as many puppies as they can. This is a huge improvement. I think our political system would actually benefit from this. I thought so too. And so like in the SSRI form, uh, does it become like a pill then? They somehow capture the essence of puppy breath? It's a chewy tablet. Oh, okay. So but yes, a, a chewy pill. So your alternative to actually holding the puppies, or maybe to double up on it, is like they go, they stuff their mouth full of these pills. They go grab six puppies, run on stage, and it's just this like, I love puppies as much as the next. And then like dogs are barking. Here's the trick, Tom. If you OD on one of these, you get incredibly itchy behind your ears, and the only way to soothe it is to. Rub it with the backs of your hands. <laughs> so they're all, okay. Yeah, uh, that sounds great. I mean, okay, well, if you were moderating a debate where there's six guys who are all having these simultaneous issues with holding, dropping dogs, chewing, itching the back of their ears, uh, what, like, how, do you, how would you handle that? Treats. You give treats, them, them treats? Yep, you need eyes on the prize. So you got to figure out some way to wrangle them in. We oh, can man. come up with a sponsor for those treats, but I'm guessing we would start with Kong toys for grown men. Okay, yeah. This, I, like I said, I, I really don't think this this puts anything in a worse uh, place than we already are, and it does. It sort of like merges the anxiety of elections with the fun of watching the puppy bowl. Yes, exactly. I love That's it. Exactly right. I hope that comes to pass. I think that would be a great one. Are uh, so. I, I don't know if we've talked about, have we talked about Joss Whedon? Do you, are you familiar with Joss Whedon? I'm not familiar. Were you, when you were growing up, did you watch like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? And uh, um, what was that sci-fi one he did? Uh, Firefly in those kind of shows? I'm, Buffy the Vampire, yes, that's it though. So, I mean, I don't know how you'd describe it exactly. It was, he's kind of like, he he hit the pop culture at exactly the point where it became really cool to pander by making everything like extremely proudly. Like I almost hesitate to say like actually feminist, but just like women beating up people was kind of like the phase for a little bit there and that they could say that that was really progressive. And so 
he jumps in right around then and all of his dialogue is just a hundred percent like quips that are, I think really grating and annoying. Um, and so he had like six shows like those, those, he had that and there was a spinoff angel or whatever, and those were successful. And then he kind of didn't have hits for a while. And then he makes the Avengers movies and then he made the justice league movie. Um, and then, uh, basically it came out that he was like treating people unfairly and having a lot of affairs with the women who were in his works. And so he kind of went from being like this guy who thought of himself as the, the warrior for women in Hollywood to, uh, kind of just this loser that nobody likes anymore. And do you know what he looks like? Have you seen a picture of him? Can you Google, Google Joss. We are here. I'll, I'll, I'll pull up a, a picture of I Joss. See him. Well, just for, for our listeners, you know, maybe, maybe they'll want to see what old Joss looks like. And, and by the way, what kind of name is Joss? But have you ever, have you ever met a Joss? Joss Whedon. <laughs> yes. That, that can't be his actual name, right? The only other Joss that I'm familiar with is Stone. Joss Stone. I don't know Joss Stone. She was a pop singer in the early 90s. Okay. Early well, 2000s. I, you're definitely going to have to fact check that one. I'm going to pick... I just, here, this, I think this image captures the Joss in my head this whole time. Oh, man. What did I just click on? Where am I? Okay, here we go. So, you know, um, he's got the hat, the bald guy hat, uh, the, the bald guy just general look. And he looks kind of intense, right? He's a thinker because he's got his hand on his beard. And uh, he, he's been trying to figure out, like, do I want to do a rehabilitation or do I want to, uh, you know, just embrace like being the kind of guy who uh, <laughs> who nobody likes anymore. And he did this uh, profile where he has 0% repentance for every single thing he's ever done. And hold on, let me pull it up. Uh, Vulture is blocking me from getting into it. So let's see, Joss Whedon. Um, but so he, he was interviewed and, you know, like sometimes these people, after they've had their sort of fall from grace, they use that as an opportunity to say, you know, well, I, I, I've changed, I've thought about it. You know, I'm, I'm not too, uh, I'm not the same guy that I used to be. I've learned from my mistake. And, uh, he, he kind of went the other direction, which is I've never done anything wrong in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm one of the nicest people, you know, uh, he's moving that direction. But so as I'm reading through this, there's all sorts of stories about him like berating people. And uh, like this is a guy who was just like so into comic books before they became a thing. And he really he like hit the the peak for like the feminist movement, but then also or like the, the sort of Hollywood kind of wanting to seem feminist movement. And then also the uh, the wet, the I don't know, that point where we let the, the geek culture become 100 percent mainstream instead of something that you have a little bit of shame about. And he he was ready to, like, become this big bully, essentially, at that point. And, like, casual cruelty. He kept calling all these women fat and stuff. And, like, you just get the sense, like, he was one of those guys who was sort of like a loser. And now was like, well, it's my turn now. I'm in charge. I'm the, I'm the boss. I'm the captain. <laughs> and... There's one story in here I want to find where that's that's what most of it is, right? Like he's not he's not a Garrison Keillor creep in that sense. He's just kind of like a, a, an annoying bully. But he's talking about his childhood and he like, I don't know, there's there's allegations about being inappropriate, right? But then there's also stories where maybe we shouldn't tell anybody any of this. And one of those is that he went to a lake with some neighbor kid. He's like four or five, right? He's a little kid. And oh, here we go. 
Okay. When he was four, when he was five, a four-year-old boy, the son of family friends, disappeared on his parents' property upstate. Eventually, his body was found. He had drowned in the pool. Years later, as a teenager, Whedon remembered he had called the boy over to the pond to play with him. After getting bored, he walked away, leaving the boy alone in the water. Quote, I didn't think it was my fault, Whedon said. I knew I was five, but it doesn't just disappear as a thought. It took him another 30 years, he said, before another thought dawned on him. Even after the accident, his parents never taught him to swim. There was no structure. There was no safety. And so, okay, buried in there, do you get the sense that uh, this this kid just, like, he kind of was responsible for this child drowning in a pond? Hell no, he's only responsible for his own life. This is why he is who he is. I love though that in <laughs> like in his it is uh his like his point where he could maybe start to apologize. Instead he doubles down on like I'm great, I'm the greatest. Also, oh yeah, there's that one time that kid drowned because I got bored and left him in a pond. He's dead now. <laughs> yeah, but then he goes back and supports himself even more to say he had nothing to do with it because he couldn't swim then, can't swim. Yeah, now. I couldn't have saved this kid. But no, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, that might be a detail I, I maybe don't bring up that like, yeah, I didn't save a child who's now dead. Yeah, you know, not only I'm, I'm a great person. It wasn't my fault that kid died. You know, like, can you imagine as as a pro, as the person doing the profile, I would just be like, wait, what? Why? Why? Like, are you haunted by this kid dying? And it seems like, no, not really. He's like, oh, yeah. No, he was only four. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, like I have fond memories. I think like when I, sometimes I get that, that's like I smell something and I remember like my grandma's cookies. I remember uh, like the smell of the car we had. I remember that kid who I didn't save or tell anybody about when he drowned. <laughs> um, but anyway, that was that was a very long preamble for me to say. I Hello. Hey, Will. Welcome. Um. So that was a really long preamble for me basically to say, I think Joss Whedon is on the road to becoming one of those anti-woke warriors, uh, like a complete 180, and that he'll end up with like a Rush Limbaugh or Ben Shapiro type podcast where all he does is talk about the dangers of being woke today. That kind of brings me directly into my bingo slot of Mitch McConnell doing a TED Talk on critical race theory. And he, okay. Josh Whedon, to me, to circle back to that really quick, though, totally has the sexual hunger for a person that cannot swim. He has to overcompensate in the bedroom because he cannot survive in water. <laughs> Will, do you have any thoughts on uh, Josh Whedon? Will, you're muted. Come on, you old man. Oh, hello? I'm not a cat, I swear. Oh. Your Honor, I'm not a cat. Do you have a different mic? <laughs> oh, you sound, you sound like, uh, sound you sound like the the voices in the like when in the beginning of Dunkirk when they're flying around and Mission Control is talking to them. That's what you sound like right you now. You know, I only saw 1917. Is it the same as Dunkirk? <laughs> Probably. Do I yeah. get a, Do I have to see both of them? My point is, you sound like a 1940s radio, not like a 2022 mic. Mike's should I, podcaster. Should I affect my mid-Atlantic <laughs> accent? <laughs> hey, fellas. <laughs> Hey, everybody. <laughs> Churchill has just given us the orders. Those uh, big old weather balloons we fly in are pretty cool, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, I should probably... Yeah, do you, have, um, do you have anything else you can talk into? Like, like I can, just... I can. I'm, I'm going to get rid of the video, but I'm okay, listening. Right. Um, okay. Joss Whedon is a, is a piece of shit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what you want me to say? Yeah. And totally can't swim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
definitively. So, okay, so Mitch Mitch McConnell goes up there. He says, all right, everybody, you know, welcome to the TED Talk today. Oh, I'm here to talk about critical race theory. And uh, what, does he, what does he say? I really want to focus on him talking about the voting system. Yeah, I mean, he's made a good career of just completely making things up, saying them in like a, a boring enough way that people assume that there's legitimacy to it. It's a, it's a weird superpower. Like, yeah, that's like I'm... I'm not offended enough. Like, like I'm not interested enough in hearing the whole sentence to get offended. Therefore, I don't know. Maybe he's right. Who knows? That's worked out really well. Until it hadn't because of this last, I believe it was this last week that he um, omitted a word by accident and that set a whole uproar. Yeah. So like he, he, he was something like he was saying uh, African-Americans vote roughly as much as Americans Right. It was something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. But like that's nobody cares. There's no accountability for someone like him. You know, like it's. Yeah. Like he can say that and it doesn't matter. So I don't think he's going to get fired for this. <laughs> Which is why he gets the opportunity to do a TED talk on critical race theory. Yeah. Because Ted, Ted's going to like it. Somebody at Ted is going to be like, we need to we need to have both sides. We can't just be seen as a liberal organization. So let's let's give McConnell a podium. Let's give him a mic and let's hear his side. It's a two minute. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it's a two minute speech, though, because anything beyond that, you're losing everyone. Even the lights guy, you know, the, the spotlight guy is not going to follow Mitch around if he walks on stage because he's going to be so <laughs> bored amongst everyone else. I do love when McConnell thinks he's got these like zingers and he just has no sense of delivery at all. So like he'll go up there and he'll say something like, you know, Senator, Senator Schumer uh, thinks that uh, we should we should eliminate the filibuster. Well, uh, you know, he can he can barely eliminate uh, the, the gnats in his office. You know, it'll be something like that. He can, he can barely eliminate the smell out of his old suit that he got dry cleaned. Apparently, it's like that's not really this is supposed to be a sick burn. Uh, yeah and then you know like everybody's like yeah that was a good one like all the republicans like you have to agree like that's just the way our, our political lines are drawn now that if you're really partisan you're like every joke that guy made was a 10 out of 10 um so yep i love that one good job mitch and mitch probably thinks he did a good job that segues into uh something i don't want to just jump in and, and cut off anything you might say courtney but i like that point that you made there tom because at what point do we does comedy just start becoming uh pandering like everything else you know so we, we just start start laughing at one specific guy's jokes not even because he's funny just because we agree with him you yeah know? we're there i think um, <laughs> i think that's yeah, that's exactly totally there. <laughs> you can make a comedy career off of that just if you people respect your point of view and you're not even funny yeah. Like at a certain point, they'll be like, <laughs> that's kind of true, I guess. <laughs> yeah, imagine like McConnell goes home and he's like, honey, uh, I really killed it today. I really I really got that joke. They all they all laughed at it. I think it's time I do an hour. I think it's I time. I ate it today. Call Babe, up, I ate it today. Call on Comedy Central, please. Call call Comedy Central. Let's let's get this on Paramount Plus by the end of the month. Brad <laughs> So you hear about this Obama guy? You know this Obama? You see this Obama? He starts, he's just trying to do like a Jay Leno. <laughs> Where's a tan suit? Sometimes. And everybody laughs. Like, it's not like he didn't even get to a punchline and everybody laughs. And then, uh, you know, yeah, that's it. I'm surprised. Yeah, like when Trump TV happens, you know, it's going to be that. It's going to be that kind of stuff. It's going to be him, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, the Ted Cruz comedy hour, you know. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Nothing. 
nothing funnier than people who think they're funny. Am I right? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Uh, so, Will, we've we've done we've run through a few uh, parts of our 2022 bingo card. Do you want to jump in with one now? Actually, yeah. Um, so, I, I'm, I'm still looking for my mic. So, if I find it, I'll. It's a work in progress. Um, okay. Sorry about the bad audio quality, but my prediction for the future unironically is, is science related uh and i think that trees are probably going to be growing a little bit faster in 2021 <laughs> okay uh so that's my prediction <laughs> every tree it's slow uh, just as a general average trees will get a little taller a little quicker yeah you know your sequoias um shoot up probably another couple centimeters this year um <laughs> I saw the basis for this, by the way, again, this is semi-scientific. Um, I saw an article that said, you know, trees, uh, because of air pollution and all this, um, their tree rings are like thicker now. And I guess that means that they're growing faster. So my prediction is just that that's going to speed up. So <laughs> thank you. It's number one. Thank you, Will. Thank you for that. Um, all right. No problem. Well, so I like I like Will's thought. He's he's taking a little bit of a different Oops, approach. Uh, what was that, Courtney? I do too. Makes yeah. me feel hopeful. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't know. I didn't go the scientific route with a lot of these because I'm I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Um, but one one that uh you know there's well, I'll there's, tell you this, Tom. Neither is Chris Martin, and he wrote a whole song about it. So feel free to speculate. Good point. You know? Good point. Um, yeah. I, well, I, my next one actually does relate to science in the sense that there is a guy who thinks he's a scientist involved um <clears throat> my prediction is elon musk is going to start traveling everywhere cradling a little teacup piglet in his arms like every time he goes to work every time he does uh, a press conference every time he's on the news um but he's every time he does that he's also going to awkwardly and unprompted swear that it is not a pet and that he has no affection for this little piglet <laughs> i love it it's so it's so believable. Is, the piglet's name is Grimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, maybe it's loaded in that sense. I kind of thought it was like there'd, there'd be speculation like that, but it like uh, it'd be his rosebud. Uh, we'll never really know what exactly it was, but it's the answer to everything. I like the mystery behind it as well. There's, you know, there's maybe uh, reporters asking him in interviews in 2021, 20 or sorry, 2022 saying you know mr musk so we, we finally after 10 years tesla autopilot is a real thing you know you've been saying next year for about eight years and uh we finally got our, our we finally got it it's a miracle um on a related somewhat non-related note um what's up with the pig you know and then he's sort of you know the pig's not important the the message is what's important and we want to get more rockets in space you know, he just he always glosses past sort of like with politician ease. Yeah. And it just fuels the speculation about the piglet, you know? Yeah. I think like even when he's not asked, like he's there just to talk about, you know, so I hear you've had to recall 99% of everything you've ever made, Mr. Tesla. Uh, and like, the, okay. it doesn't get to the question. Um, so like in the middle of that, like, so you've had to recall 99%. Uh, I wonder how that's going to impact 22. And he's like, excuse me, this is not my pet. Okay. Uh, I haven't named him. He's not my pet, and I do not have any affection for him. He's my colleague. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Will, I don't know if you're trying to talk to us or if you know you're muted, but uh, you keep doing well, the old man thing. Will's I'm going to jump off this Jeepers. Tesla train, and I'm guessing that Tesla's going to come out with a race car bed. Because what's better than being entertained in our awake days than being entertained in our dreams? I love it. Does it does Tesla it, race car bed. Does it have any scientific elements beyond just being a bed? Oh, it's an actual Tesla without wheels and a mattress in it. Oh, man, that's great. Um, you know, it can fit two humans and 14 teacup piglets. Exactly. At the same time. Yes. If you... <laughs> But not not in, not necessarily in a cuddly way. It could be just a, a normal sort of relaxation. You have Listen, to sleep. we got piglets sitting on human laps and vice versa. It's a it's a mess, but we can all cram them in there. It's a clown car experience. He, he comes out one day and says, "We are changing the name of the company from Tesla to Piglet." <laughs> we are changing it to Piglets Anonymous. Zuckerberg has Meta. We have Piglet. All of our spaceships will be called piglets. Send another piglet into space to fix the satellite. <laughs> but Elon, we've already sent four piglets this month. We've this in, is a great prediction. We've I, invested I, I foresee this. $2 billion into training pigs how to code. <laughs> it is for the Tesla autopilot program. We've tried humans. They don't seem to be able to figure it out. <laughs> pigs and chimps are next in, in the line. He just became Swedish all of a sudden, Elon. I don't know. <laughs> Hard to do that South African accent. Starts, starts blending into the Scandinavian. I figured that somehow all of us would have some Tesla, Elon Musk one. Will, did you come up with any uh, predictions in that in that general arena? No, I just assumed someone else would cover it. <laughs> There's enough. Uh, although I will say, this is sort of maybe uh, an add-on to the musk thing i think his face is going to get even more bloated this year to the point where it's going to look like a balloon that could be deflated so by the end of the year he's going to look like he's going to break out in hives in any second he's probably. allergic to pigs <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he insists on keeping them around much to the chagrin of his doctor for the science he walks into like a press conference and the door opens and like 200 little pigs just run into the room. Elon is near. That's his sign. That's the sign. He used to have, you know, like security around him, but now he just has like 5,000 little piglets. <laughs> I don't know how he gets anywhere. Uh, okay, Will. These, you... these billionaires and their weird ideas, huh? That's the thing. Yeah. More... I, I, that takes up too much real estate in my brain. It's just like, what, what do you think a billionaire is, like, thinks when he sees this pig? You know, like, what, do, what would a billionaire think if, about this car? You know, like, then that just sends me down these rabbit holes. Uh, so, yeah, I've got a couple more like that on the way, but I'll, I'll take a break from that for now. So, Will, Will do you have, you have a new, you have a next one? Um, I mean, we could go to Courtney. Is it Courtney's story? I've already listed it. Well, kind of stemming off of him, I think we're going to get a tell-all from Jeff Bezos. His reflections of wealth from space. I think it's going to be a maybe two-paragraph reflection, but he's going to sell the hell out of it on Amazon. And his tell-all. It's like a, a vlog? I'd like to think it's handwritten and then copied. 
it's just like PDFs of whatever he wrote by hand. Like nobody, yeah. nobody even typed it. NASA napkin thoughts, maybe. Um, <laughs> I love the thought he has. Maybe like sort of like childish handwriting. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like, use cursive. Yes, it's fun to be rich. Yeah, I also feel like he's a guy who you know has no real. Uh, he doesn't seem to have much of an inner. You know, there's not a whole lot going on in there. Right? <laughs> the inner world is is pretty hollow. Um, <laughs> And so, like, the tell-all implies that there's all this drama about people that he's known and, like, his marriage probably, right? But I'm sure it'd just be stuff like, she didn't make the bed every day, and I found that rude. She and the maid had to make it. Pants. She, some of her pants didn't fit right. And wait, I, she could have bought better pants. She could have hired her tired a tailor, and she didn't. My head would squeak every time she caressed it. Yeah. I hated when she would lick my bald head. <laughs> I always told her, "Honey, stop! <laughs> not, not before, uh, before work." That's better. That that's that would justify the cost of the book right there. If that was, <laughs> that's that's so much better. <laughs> you imagine she's just doing all these weird things to him throughout the day. Like he's sort of like admitting maybe like some casual abuse, kind of like she would often smack the back of my head just to hear the echoey sound through our our fifteen uh, bedroom mansion. <laughs> Yeah. The hollow echo of my bald head being slapped resonating across our fine Italian marble floors. <laughs> Cold. Or it's like it's empty hallways. It's fantasies of his space, like uh, the the women he'll meet in space, his next wives. <laughs> they're all like they all have like, you know, like four eyes and three breasts and like he's just into the weird alien freakishness thing. Yes. Her name will likely be something like Umbapapa, and I believe her forearms will be able to do what my wife never could. <laughs> Not only that, we'll have twins for sure. In this, in this, on this, uh, on this planet, everybody has twins. Just making up all these weird details about his space adventures. There's a bunch of like doodles of what he imagines space women will look like. <laughs> He's like bored in all these Zoom meetings where he's like on the board of directors. He's just drawing his space women in the corner. This has been his obsession all along. He didn't give a shit about books. This one has 12 boobs. Yeah. Like, uh, Jeff, Jeff, uh, can, can I get your attention? One second. One second. He doodles for the next five minutes. Okay. All okay. the women are bald. <laughs> oh, my God. They have like a ginorm like one ginormous foot or something and he's just like he's really into the, the big foot idea. It's like you think you think people have bigger feet on other planets? You're like, Jeff, I don't Jeff, I asked you what, what you think about our about our Q four earnings. I didn't ask you about yeah. I didn't ask you about that. This is why he's, he's constantly to, distracted. That's why he had to step down from uh, actually being in charge, you know? His his head just wasn't in it. I thought it was so he could focus more on his dating life. Yeah, in space. Um, and so yeah, that's what he that's what he just did. He just did a little test run to see if he could meet any space little space women, and he couldn't. And little, so he's gonna he's got to go further out. The idea that he's looking for a little space woman too, like she can't be too tall. All right, uh, the ones <laughs> has to be a perfect size for Basil. <laughs> um, I I actually great. I had an idea about Bezos on my list as well. 
which was uh, inspired by his cowboy hat that he was wearing when he got mm. when he got back from space. Because in his mind, apparently, space has that frontier feel, right? It has that idea of like the Western guy who's going to go tame the wild. Uh, oh. Was that what that was? I thought it was to differentiate between him and his bald brother, lookalike brother. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, Jeff's the one with the hat. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even catch the, uh, I guess, symbolism, if you will. I Where, don't know. Yeah. That's a generous word. Whereas some people might say, I'm going to make my brother, who's not the billionaire paying for this, wear the stupid hat. He's like, I'll wear the dumb hat <laughs> so they know it's me. <laughs> I'll look like the clown for today, whatever. No, He's I, like, I'll. Uh, go ahead, Will. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I'll, I'll pretend to wear what the poor's wear for a day. Sure, why not? No, I I I think he romanticizes <laughs> the cop. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Stetson. I think he he romanticizes all of that and he loves it. And so my thought was kind of it's along the same lines as my my Elon one, but I, I feel like Bezos at some point maybe next year will uh, move to the moon permanently and set up like a little moon ranch where he builds like an <laughs> artificial prairie and has a bunch of like cows, some kind of fancy cow, like a Scottish Highlander flown up there, like a herd of them. And so like, he's just sitting there drinking a beer, sitting on the porch, watching his cows on the moon, you he's know, got like a robot horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. He's like, you know, I think maybe, maybe we could set up some kind of system where, uh, you know, you send your convicts up here and I get to go be, uh, the, the hero killing the banditos, you know, like he's just, He's just uh, becoming Gary Cooper up there. I love it. And, and in the meantime, he can resume his space for a little, uh, little space woman. You know, he's like, uh, if, you know, if not on the moon and on Mars, and that son of a bitch beats me to Mars, um, there's going to be some trouble if he doesn't, you know, let us know about the little space women. He's yeah. Like, I just love the idea that Bezos in his head is like convinced this exists based on no evidence. I like too that he's like he's making fun of Elon for going to Mars because he's got the moon. So Bezos is like, "That's ridiculous. Why? Why would Elon go to Mars? There's no oxygen on Mars. You can't live on Mars. Unlike the moon, which which I live on. The, the moon is where it makes sense to go to the moon. Besides, little moon women are way more attractive than little Martian women. Everybody knows this. It's just like. He's, he's just sort of losing touch with reality. All these sort of yes men around him and the billions of dollars just sort of like rotted his brain out. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. That, those were. I think those are my. Those are all my billionaire ones. So uh, we're we're done with that particular category of the 2021 bingo card. So, uh, Will, is it your turn? Who's next? Yeah, I'll go next. Okay. Um, my next prediction um, <clears throat> would be that. In the future, uh, this upcoming year particularly, there'll be a, a definite pivot from toilet paper to wipes. And that just wipes are going to be huge. Like um, cloth, and even, cloth wipes? Or what kind of wipes do you mean? No, I don't mean like reusable wipes. I mean like sort of disposable wipes. <laughs> like Moist wet wipes. <clears throat> Moist towelettes. Got it. And I feel like Japanese toilets um, with their fancy little features and heated functions and whatnot i feel like that is going to be way more popular we're going to be seeing a lot more people who bought some fancy 600 hundred dollar korean toilet attachment and that's going to be a normalized thing you know we're going to normalize that this year i need you to be honest for a second are you a paid sponsor of japanese toilets no no i wish <laughs> not I wish yet I was. 
Although, you know, no, J- ha- Japanese toilet companies, if you're looking for uh, people to sponsor, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll take that money. No, we'll yeah. take the products. I mean, we'll, we'll take the money, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. Uh, so, trees will get taller and the way that we wipe will uh, will be shifting. So, okay. Yeah, I like Will's taking a more, uh, like, a, a less sociological approach to this so far, I think, than uh, you and I have, Courtney. That is the beauty of putting our three bingo cards together. Well, I suppose it is semi-sociological in that, you know, the shift from toilet paper to wipes based on availability, you know, that's, that's a, if that's not a societal issue, I don't know what is. Yeah. All right. Courtney, I think you're up. What's next? I think a societal solution. Kool-Aid Jammers has a hard seltzer in 2022. That's what I'd like to see. Will I personally get to imbibe? No, I will not. But I will love to support everyone that's got their little plastic twist top bottle. Throw back those hard seltzers. So like the the ads for that will be like, you know, how uh, Bud Light, it's always like a bunch of very, very fit people on the beach, you know, like just about to drink. Uh, and then, like, the Kool-Aid man bursts through the sand. The angry, drunk Kool-Aid man. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the violent, sort of like the violent, uh, uh, should be in jail overnight in the drunk tank Kool-Aid man. Like, his eyes are all, like, he's just haggard looking in Blood every way. Shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a semi-homeless look about him. <laughs> they all, like, his run. broken. They all, so like in this, it's like a monster movie. They all have to run away from the <laughs> angry, drunk Kool-Aid man. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you live here or something? Yeah. <laughs> Give me the hard seltzers. He's got a gun for no reason. Because it's Florida <laughs> or wherever the beach is. He comes in and just like mugs everybody. That's the ad for <laughs> Give me the hard seltzers. <laughs> He takes them all and like. Oh, so he's just like a big pitcher, right? Does he just pour them on top of his into his into his uh, oh, his body? Absolutely. That's what's yeah. getting so twisted is he's got the suicide of all the different flavors whirling about. <laughs> oh my god, that's Kool-Aid a Kool Aid Jammers Hard Seltzer, sponsored by Florida and Hastings, Nebraska. Yeah, it is a Nebraska original. That's right. Um, all right, oh, yeah. that's right. That's a good one. Um, okay, so my my next one here, uh, since we're on the since we're talking about brands and like weird little anthropomorphized uh, versions of products, uh, I don't know if you saw that the M and M's they they've come out and said that the M M&M and M characters are going to be g- getting more inclusive redesigns. Um, and you know, like there's like I think anxious M M&M, and M. They're trying to make the one that's a woman less uh, sultry. Because the sultry M M&M and M is, uh, I don't know, problematic now or something. Uh, they my- shortened their heels. They shortened they their heels. Their- yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I got a wow. cat. It's making noise right next to me. But um, what are your thoughts on that, Courtney? I'm, I'm interested to know. Tom and I have plenty of opinions as men <laughs> about everything. My the one and only opinion I'm going to share is that kitten heels are sexy. So. You know, that's what I would say, you know, like, I don't, I don't, th- like, we're not, we're not accentuating the M&M's, like, backside, you know, we're just yeah. sort of slightening the heels, you know, so. Where's, where's, the inclusion, where's the inclusion for people who have chocolate allergies? How about that, no. M&M? Yeah, and will you, you, will you bring up another point, which is, uh, in, like, these characters were designed in, like, the 90s, right? 
And so as far yeah. as Eminem backsides go, it wasn't wasn't the culture that was obsessed with backsides. So maybe they just need wasn't. to update for the times and actually, you know, maybe they should accentuate that. Accentuate you know, I, I the have... peanuts? Yeah, accentuate the... What? <laughs> <laughs> so, I want peanuts. The M&Ms. Accentuate the peanuts. Yeah, there you or go. Or nuts. <laughs> the nuts in general. Um, my, my prediction, though, was that, you know, just kind of like we talked about with McConnell in his in his uh, TED talk, I wonder if Eminem's going to want to get in on like, well, you know, like everything's politicized. You can't be anti-political, so I guess we got to do something that's like throwing a bone to the other side. Uh, so maybe we make like a, a QAnon Eminem. <laughs> a QAnon, if a Q- you will. Yeah, like he's got the little <laughs> got the little horns. Uh, He's the one who, like, maybe in the commercials now, and it's usually they're, like, hanging out, and, like, one of them's goofy, one of them's a little more serious. One of them's, like, you know, they're sitting around, like, so what should we do? Uh, like, uh, what, like, I don't know. Like, what should we do today? And one of them's just, like, let's go storm the Capitol. And the other M&Ms are, like, I don't know about that. You know, maybe not. He kind of makes them uncomfortable. Uh, but but then it's inclusive because, uh, you know, the right-wing M&M, is, he's there. He's part of the culture. He's not shunned. M&Ms for everyone. Exactly. Even except even Q. For the chocolate allergies. Except yeah, that's true. That's true. So. You, you imagine? Sorry, I just had this great thought. Segueing on that, you imagine that Eminem starts uh, like like advertising to like very very niche segments of the population. It'd be just so funny. They're like, listen, everybody eats M and M's anyways, so we just gotta reel in the fringe weirdos, sort of get them in the pool, and then we'll be making boatloads more. So, like, I don't know. I was just trying to brainstorm. What are some weird demographics they could appeal to? I guess sort of like maybe like babies. Pakistani hackers. Oh, babies? <laughs> Wasn't a choking hazard for babies? I feel like maybe make it a smoothie or something, you know? <laughs> and Pakistani hackers works. Yeah, I mean, I don't I was know that. How do you how do you a- a- appeal to that particular demo, Will? You have like um, you have a well, you commercials, you know, marketing. You have you have a commercial of like a Pakistani hacker. You know, he's working on his keyboard. He's intensely trying to hack. I don't know, let's say CIA or some some big dumb government thing. So FBI, CIA is trying to hack in. You know, trying to get get in, get the codes for the nukes or whatever uh, that these people try to do. So hacking in, then. Up pops a picture of an M&M and sort of the guy's like, whoa, you know, what's this? Maybe it's like one of the more sultry M&Ms that we come up with in the future, hopefully. And so he's sort of like, wow, you know, I, I got a I got a mission here, but I'm distracted because of, you know, the M&Ms. So I don't know. And then and then we could sort of have, you know, maybe M&Ms there for everyone. And sort of at the end of the, the commercial, we have this Pakistani guy kicking back in his chair, sort of popping a few M&Ms in his mouth. And um, yeah, maybe, yeah, you know, maybe they the progression maybe, of that. What if they try to go for the prison demographic, like death row M and M's? You know, like this oh this M and M, he killed four hundred other M and M's, and he's he's going to be executed for it. Let's let's check in with him. It's like a little mockumentary, little documentary where they go. It's like walking down the hall to get to Hannibal Lecter, and you got the creepy uh, sociopath M M&M. and M. And he's just eating smaller M and M's the whole time. He's yeah, got a exactly. big bowl of them in front of him. Yeah, the M M&M, and the minis. <laughs> Cracked in the head so you can see the peanut sticking out. Damn, it's yeah. demented. Yeah, he's like, you know, hello, 
hello, welcome to my welcome to my cell. Yeah, and they're like, you know, we'll we'll just send these. We'll send like a you know boxes and boxes of them to federal prisons, uh, you know, and uh, really just get some brand loyalty out of it. <laughs> yeah, we just want more brand loyal customers. Is all that's their pitch. <laughs> Somebody's out there like, look, I know, you know, it's not likely that there's going to be, uh, you know, the, like the people on death row, they don't often die, really. Like they, they basically just appeal for decades and decades. It's not like it's that much of a shrinking demo. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we need, to, okay, so death row, Finnish uh, reindeer farmers, um, you know, we just niche segments of the population. They got to get them in because, you know, there's just, there's some people that are not eating M&M's. And that's a problem for them. <laughs> the prison, the amount of prisons buying M&Ms has been declining since 1984. What can we do about this, team? Lock more people up. <laughs> Make it a bigger com- industrial complex. <laughs> we got to lock up half our population now. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I, so I know it's not my turn, but I'm going to jump in because I think it's a good segue to another one, which is, you know how um, when Guantanamo Bay and all that stuff was being developed and they were sort of coming up with their processes for torture, which they called enhanced interrogation techniques, they would pick songs that were intentionally irritating and play them oh, like for 24 hours to try to get guys to crack and say, you know, here's where here's where the, the terrorists live or whatever. And so, you know, one of the songs that they played was Baby Shark over and over and over again. And what I was thinking was at some point, isn't the Pentagon going to realize that it's in their interest to uh, start to contract some of this, right? Like rather than just hope the next baby shark happens, maybe you could pay for it. You could hire people, especially in a world where the streaming, you know, the revenue from streaming is not great. And we're in kind of like a time where a lot of artists can't go on tour and like people aren't going to movie theaters. So what if you have a bunch of artists uh, and filmmakers who essentially enter into a lucrative uh, sort of exclusive deal with the government to make what they consider to be their like unfiltered, uncompromised art. But of course the guys who run the Pentagon are like, man, it'd be torture to have to watch. Come on, come on for 24 hours. I'm like, what am I going to watch nightmare alley over and over again? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. And so, you know, Guillermo del Toro, Paul Thomas Anderson, all these guys and uh, you know, whatever artists are struggling right now. It's like, yeah, no, I, I make uh, enhanced interrogation music and movies. Uh, you know, it's, it's fulfilling. It's really, you know, it's, it's exactly the kind of art I always wanted to make. And it gets watched. It gets, the, the hours are great. They're a lot better than they were the on views, Netflix. Yeah. The views are racking up, I got to yeah. say. Nobody watched. <laughs> Whether it's voluntary. <laughs> Nobody not. watched Phantom Thread for 24 hours on Netflix, let me tell you that. <laughs> Nobody even watched it on Netflix to begin with. <laughs> I think they all saw it in the theaters, or if they didn't, yeah. not interested. The United States of America presents a Paul Thomas Anderson film. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It could sort of be like that, uh, like how John Ford and all those directors in the 40s were just drafted to do like military propaganda for how good we were doing in, in the South Pacific. Yeah, exactly. Should I break, should I break out my <laughs> mid-Atlantic accent again? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know who like who, who do you guys think would be good musical artists that they should maybe uh, reach out to? Like, would you like to make enhanced interrogation music for the United States government, like a good patriot? I don't know. Any country music. music? I was Sorry. just thinking Sam Elliott's voice, just a voiceover. That might be a little more soothing than yeah. torturous. 
he's he's yeah he's got a great voice um I even so I don't know if we've talked about this, but like when I saw that movie, A Star Is Born, um, I remember just being confused for like the first hour because I'm like, why is Bradley Cooper doing a Sam Elliott impression this whole movie? And then Sam Elliott shows up an hour into that movie and he turns to Bradley Cooper and he's like, "You stole my voice." And I'm just like, what is happening? What? Um, yeah, he's got a great voice though. He does. Yeah, I mean, like That's... you, you want to hire annoying people. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Will. I was going to say, that's so funny if, if that wasn't written in the script and he's just sort of like, you stole my voice, Bradley. And they were like, oh, that's great. Yeah, keep that. No, no, we're going to keep that. It basically, yeah, it became kind of like a plot point almost uh, that Sam Elliott's voice was stolen by Bradley Cooper in this movie. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure why that was part of it, really, other than like... You no, know, it seems like a confusing distraction, but I guess it's funny. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Question um, mark? Oh, yeah, and speaking of voices, if I can just throw one more in while I'm on a roll of us doing perfect segues just to keep some momentum. Um, I know as far as other people in The Star is Born, you had uh, Lady Gaga, who I thought was very good in that movie, and she just did this House of Gucci movie where she had to uh, talk in what I guess is supposed to be... It's one of those ones where, like, in real life, these people would all be speaking Italian, but because we don't want to do a foreign movie, we're just going to have them kind of speak in accents that are vaguely European, and then pretend that that's what they, I don't know, that's how, that's how, that's how the Italians speak when, you know, we're not in the room. Um, <laughs> they all talk like this. Yes, exactly. And so that's about what Jared Leto came up with. And what Lady Gaga came yeah. up with sounds a little bit more like Dracula to me. Um, and so not only that, she had like a vocal or a dialect coach who, you know, worked with her for like a year. I think she said she spoke like this for like six months the entire shoot. Uh, I'm going to play a quick, a quick clip of it. Um, so here is Lady Gaga in the movie uh, for reference. Do you want to be left in the dust? You want to keep selling coffee mugs in airports? Is that your legacy? It's time to take out the trash. Ardo and Paolo, they're poison. All right, so so for reference, that's 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 her Italian accent, and I'm no expert on Italian accents, but whatever. It sounds sounds a little, it sounds like I am Dracula, and we need to take out the trash, right? Um, but sounds like Dracula who retired in like the Dominican Republic does not sound Italian at all. <laughs> and other other people said it sounds Russian, and like whatever. I don't know. I don't know exactly yeah. how to diagnose it, but uh, she she talked about how like it was difficult because she talked like this for so long uh, to, to break out of that character and to go back to her normal voice. So my prediction for 2022 is she, she has gotten out of it, but I predict she will relapse into it and never, ever be able to escape her Dracula, Dominican Republic Dracula voice ever again. Her retired Dracula in the Caribbean voice. <laughs> to be honest, I really heard, I heard either like a Dominican accent, which, okay, maybe you could, I don't know, but it just sounded like it was more like somebody who would, who would like, like make you fresh juice on the side of the street in a good way, in a delicious, very good way. It's very cheap. Um, rather than like, sort of like, you know, like some guy who's making my pasta, you know, I just didn't get that. Although I, fashion empire. Yeah. <laughs> in Italy. Come on. Although I, uh, although from what I hear, Tom, that's like still way better than Jared Leto because uh, he said oh, he, he basically yeah. 
what injected like tomato sauce into his veins. <laughs> yeah, Jared Leto uh, did a did a, a Mario impression, I believe. Uh, like less, there's less work. I, that was just like I saw the, it. It's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> like Lady Gaga tried really hard to construct something that I'm not sure really is what exactly she meant to construct, but you know, there's there's a craft at least involved. Whereas, yeah, Leto is just yes. like I am an Italian guy. Uh. I chop up at a meatball and I snort it up at a sheaf. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Nobody's like that Italian, Jared. Maybe cool down. It's offensive. I, <laughs> In ten years, this movie will be offensive, Jared. He's like walking around with a like a water bottle, but it's full of olive oil. Would you like some oil? Like, Jared, that's not a thing that Italians do. It just happens to be something that like they use in Italy. Hey, uh, what do we have for dinner? No more pasta. <laughs> like, oh, Jared, can you? That yeah. must have been the most an, annoying thing on set. I can't even imagine. But probably so many wanted, people wanted to slap Jared Leto just for for being like, if if he's if he's gonna be that way on camera, you know, it's like, man, what was he complaining about in that annoying accent off camera? You know, <laughs> he's probably asking for like. Can you get to me? He's like, I don't know if he kept the voice going, but let's just assume he does. So Ridley Scott's like, all right, right. cut. And Jared Leto's immediately like, can I have uh, three bowls of spaghetti with more more marinara? And everybody's just like, Jared, I don't like we're, we're, we're in the middle of filming the scene. He's like, I would like more marinara, please. Just a bottle of they're marinara. Like, they're like, Jared, we, uh, yeah. Cargles with the, with the, with the marinara sauce. Yeah. <laughs> It spits it out like on the set on like a, a rug. Oil, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I like, love Jared. We don't have time for this. We have to reset for the next take. <laughs> He's yeah. like, ba 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 ba. That's a lot oh, of gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Who here has the Oscar? You or me? I just imagine <laughs> there's like some. <laughs> Mama mia. <laughs> Uh, I imagine uh, I imagine there's like some guy on set who's probably like from Italy. He's, fr- he's like from like Naples or like, you know, he's from like Genoa or something. And he works as like a lights or camera guy. And so he's subjected to this Jared Leto torture like every day. And he's like, oh, my God. Like if my nanny could see this, if my nanny and my nano or whatever, you know, your 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 Nino and your Nana, <laughs> whatever they are in Italian. Your Nono and your Nona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your Nuna and your your numa anyways um you know he's he's saying like you know if, if my if my gram gram and my grandpa can can see this you know maybe sweating bullets yeah or- if my real italian family would see this movie they would they would shoot me for working on this as, as i feel like what like <laughs> or it's just like the, you know this guy's making way more money than he ever thought he'd make because like whoever gets hired is like the italian consultant on a big hollywood movie right <laughs> and so like jared's like so that you guys just carry around like parmesan in your pockets at all times right and the guy's like yep yep <laughs> uh-huh totally <laughs> to pull a pinch of parmesan out of your pocket loose and just sort of dust it on your entree <laughs> when you go out to eat right and then they're like yeah jared yeah yep, that's, that's exactly a- what we do <laughs> yeah Yep. When's, when's payday? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. They've already tried to explain it to him, but it's just it's just not going anywhere. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite thing to picture on that set is like, you know, Ridley Scott seems kind of like a no nonsense guy who's just like, if anything is not really that interested in the movies he's making at all, let alone like the method acting of the people who are in them. 
Um, so like you picture him just showing up like, yeah, I'm going to do, uh, we're going to shoot 30 pages of this movie today with 400 cameras on at once. And then you got like Jared Leto rolling around in marinara. You got Lady Gaga <laughs> screaming like Dracula. Adam Driver's over there like, when do we start? Where do I stand? What well, I know all my lines. What do I do? Yeah. I know everything, but what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh God, what have I done? What have I signed up uh. for here? Makes it just gets... the olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me that olive oil, Jared. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Anyway, okay. I don't know who's next. Uh, Courtney, you wanted you wanted to do one. Yeah, my well is drying up over here. I got mostly throwaway ideas left, but I think optimistically, I picture Ben and Jerry double-handedly solving our climate crisis, one scoop at a time. If they haven't already, solve so like, like would, would it be through the ice cream somehow, or like on the side through R and D, like the general annual R and D budget for Ben and Jerry? It's like, oh yeah, oh so like we were just kind of looking into new ways to like toast the nuts in our, uh, you know, in the mocha in the mocha ice cream, but uh, turns out we actually invented this extremely efficient and cheap carbon capture machine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're like, it wasn't even that hard, actually. And then they just sort of make all these like governments and companies look like huge fuck idiots. <laughs> and, and actually, their social justice flavor is it's not even that difficult. <laughs> I it love it. Turns out captured carbon tastes great in ice cream. <laughs> Adds sort of like a fizzy taste, you know, like the sparkling water stuff. <laughs> the caption carbon crunch. <laughs> I like that. I like it too. Maybe. Maybe they'll like um, print it out online and then everyone can 3D print their own carbon capture machine. And then, you know, that uh, slowly helps us not fuck up the planet. And solve the famine in Madagascar. Yeah. That's through, through their vanilla bean farms. I think yes. this is like the happiest one that we've come across. Other than trees growing faster, maybe. That's that's probably yeah. good. We got like two nice so ones. That's the one I choose to end my contributions on is happiness and ice cream for eternity. All right. All right. Nice. All right, Will, you wanna you wanna take us back down to down into the into the void? You wanna drag us void. back to hell, Will? Sure, yeah. Let me just uh take a fucking uh bullet and uh put it in the gun and shoot the sh- uh, the show in the foot. I was kidding. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, my next prediction was that basically, um, and this is also science, you guys can look this up online, um, 10% of the world's population in 2022 will be wearing clothes that are connected to the internet. So Ooh, that's my prediction. That's one. Yeah, I buy it. That seems, I mean, we're moving that direction, like the Google glasses or whatever, right? Are those still a thing? Did those... <laughs> Actually, maybe they're not. Never took off. They were not yeah. moving in that direction. <laughs> I've talked to myself Ray-Ban, through. Ray-Ban has their Facebook glasses. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if I would trust those. <laughs> slowly taking off. Please wear this new piglet shirt. <laughs> it's connected to your car. It can sense your heartbeat if we're going too fast. <laughs> your piglet gets released from its cage in the back of the car to calm you. It's sort of like a therapeutic animal mechanism we've determined not in a loving sort of way just a scientific way we've determined that you are too too relaxed driving this car to be sufficiently worried about car crashes and other kinds of anxiety that's healthy and so we are releasing the piglet into the moving vehicle 
to wake to essentially wake <laughs> you up, jolt you back into 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 your your prime form. The adrenaline from the uh, hypermanic released piglet that we just let loose in the car yeah, that'll that'll definitely get your eyes back on the road. We feel like you've been watching Netflix for too long, so <laughs> yeah, five love- seconds for releasing the pig. You know how Elon Musk has been going out a bunch lately and talking about how, you know, he's really worried about population decline, that our numbers, like we've got a population, uh, you know, travesty, tragedy coming up unless we really, really increase the procreation levels. What if he's been talking about, what if he's been talking about pigs this whole time? Because he just, he knows, like the new wave of Tesla is a lot of piglets getting released at various times for various functions. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> it is the solution. Oh my God! We really need uh, a massive investment in the number of pigs being born. Piglets. Pig, yes, teacup piglets. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love the idea that you could sort of maybe bundle your your pig and auto, if you will. <laughs> or maybe like sort of like <laughs> Tesla would offer like a package, sort of like a piglet Tesla for. You know, if it gets recalled, the car, I mean, you get to keep the pig. Um, you know, there would, there would be a policy behind it, of course. Yeah, I like this. This is a solid uh, business shift for them. The, the, I, would, like, I would be a customer if the, I got a little piglet. The better the deal in terms of how much money you're putting down, the more piglets you get for some reason. Like <laughs> if you, every, addition, the- every additional like $1,000 more you pay is a piglet you don't get. You want those leather seats? It's going to cost you piglets, buddy. <laughs> piglets are the future. Welcome to Piglet. Piglet is the future, I guess. <laughs> All right, anyway, um, I'm going to throw another one out there. I don't know how much you guys followed the uh, the dis- the complete downfall of Army Hammer in the last couple years. Very avidly. <laughs> Courtney's shaking her head. You'd, oh, man, this is a, a weird, weird rabbit hole to go down. But the long and short of it is uh, he was sending a lot of weird text messages to his various mistresses. Um, and the crux of it is that he has, like, these weird fetishes and is into all kinds of bizarre, like, talking about harming women and, like, you know, all kinds of violent stuff. But then one of them was that he talked a lot about cannibalism. I think one of the, the literal quotes is, I am literally a cannibal or something like that, that he sent to somebody and talked about how much he wanted to eat her and like eat the parts of her. And it wasn't like eat was not really being used as far as I can tell in like a a metaphorical way. Uh, He literally was into the concept of eating this woman. And, uh, you know, enough stuff's come out that basically people are like, I don't know if I want to work with this guy. He seems like a weirdo, Uh, maybe actually violent. Who knows? But uh, my, my prediction for 2022 is he it will come out that he has successfully uh, eaten somebody, like probably some low-level celebrity, Um, you know, like somebody who maybe was big in the past and now you don't hear about a whole lot. Like Army Hammer has successfully eaten like Terry Hatcher and gotten away with it. That's my prediction. I I don't want to see that happen, but that's not a terrible prediction turner classic movies is running a marathon of terry hatcher movies in memoriam of this terrible terrible tragedy (laughs) ribs on the house (laughs) and then after midnight we're going to play 15 cannibal horror movies (laughs) 
And then soften the blow with some more desperate housewives. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, just throwing that out there. And I, I only have a couple of others as well. I know we're kind of getting toward the bottom of our own list here. Um, one of them as well, since we've talked about Trump a little bit, I, I have one Biden one to try to even it out, which is that uh, Biden's his uh, childhood enemy, Corn, uh, corn Pop. You remember Corn Pop? I'll start with that. You guys remember the story of Corn Pop? No. Will, do you remember Corn Pop? No. Well, you know how every time Biden tells a story from the past, it's always like, you know, Geraldine Chunkenstein the 14th was talking to me the other day. And you're like, that's, that's not a name. Like, that that didn't, this didn't happen, right? One of them was Corn Pop. I actually, I do have, uh, I kept a link to this. So let me, let me pull up the Corn Pop story. Um, but it basically, this was Biden telling some story about uh, like a, a lifeguard he got in a fight I with. I learned a lot. And I learned that uh, it makes a difference. This was the diving board area. And I was one of the guards. And there were a lot of, it was a three-meter board. And you fell off sideways, you landed on the, damn, uh, the darn cement over there. <laughs> and Corn Pop was a bad dude. So let me stop there for a second. Uh, Corn Pop. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Something about him being like a lifeguard or something. That's that's what I get so far. Uh, okay, let me let me continue. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. <laughs> he, and back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there and see how how well you're following this story. First of all, thoughts. So, is Biden wearing the pomade in his hair, or is Corn Pop? It's not really clear. Uh, I like to think it's Biden. I don't know. I, I don't know either, but my assumption is that anyone who is talking about the pomade in their hair can't mix with the pool water. They need a bathing cap. Has already shown you their age. <laughs> also, it's like a problem that was probably eliminated in the seventies. I don't know. Well, you don't. You don't use. Uh, like, you know, in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, every time George Clooney uses the pomade, he scoops out the entire can. You don't, you don't use that? <laughs> that much pomade, Will? I don't know who is, honestly. Who needs Just use a better product if you're using the whole thing. Apparently, Young, young Joe uh, was a big, was either, either Young Joe or Young Corn Pop was a big pomade man. Uh, but pomade okay. boy. So let me continue the story. We'll see, we'll see if it gets better from here. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board. All right, let me stop again there. He said, hey, hey, Esther? Hey. I think he was trying to say mister. Oh, not like, it wasn't talking to a Jewish woman for a second there. No, it wasn't an, an entirely new character. Hey, Esther. Developed out of nowhere. Esther, looking corn good. Corn Pop is Esther. Yeah. So Corn Pop's got all the pomade in. Esther's over there. Jimmy's know. coming up to me, and Frank's <laughs> diving off the diving board. It's like, who the fuck are half of these people? You only told us about Corn Pop, okay? Who's the story about, okay? <laughs> okay, I'll continue. Board, I'll come up and drag you off. Well, he came off, and he said, I'll meet you outside. My car, this was mostly, these were all public housing behind it. My car, there was a gate out here. I parked my Used car outside the gate. Yeah, once like, you know, I, I appreciate that Biden has a it's it's more often that he gets like a kind of coherent sentence out than Trump did. But that being said, it's not that great of a success rate overall still. Um, 
So like like this story, it, it reminds me of trying to parse through some of Trump's stories where it's like my brain's jumping to 15 different details that maybe are kind of related, maybe aren't. It's not really clear. So I get like something about like Biden is a lifeguard and there's some guy with a bunch of pomade in his hair on the diving board. And I guess it's like a poor part of town and his car is parked somewhere. Right. That's where that's where we are. And maybe there's someone named Esther, but probably not. I don't know, but I, I'll tell you this. The next guy who runs for president that can tell a halfway decent story is just going to win hands down. <laughs> because if the past four guys couldn't do it, the first guy that can get out a coherent story that's like, oh, wow, that was like A to B to C and then it ended. Wow. Like they're they're a shoe in. Like yeah, they're, right. They're, they got it. All right. So they're emperor. Continue. This isn't very long. So I'm just I'm just pausing for, for clarity sometimes. I need a break. You know, it's too much at once. OK. Anyway, the story of Corn Pop continued. And I, he said, I'll be waiting for you. He's waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. They're okay, do you know what that sentence was? I don't understand. Somebody, not what? a joke. Three guys in straight razors. He's running straight razors, not a joke. Three guys in their straight razors. They brought their hair cutters from home. They brought the whole barber kit, son. The whole kit, Jack. It's like, okay. Are they going to give you a haircut in the parking lot, Joe? Yeah, and, and Esther, Esther just got her haircut. Esther didn't need a haircut. It's like, who is Esther? She keeps bringing <laughs> he's, up this yeah. Esther lady. You imagine even his wife is like, hey, you never told me about Esther. So it separates them. <laughs> Esther just seen American graffiti. Everyone's like, wait, what? Was that, does that relate to the story? Is this about American graffiti now? Is Esther a name? Was there, is Esther her real name or is this like a, like, a, like a John Doe kind of situation? Esther's favorite dance was the doo-wop. Like, okay. Was she there? Esther liked the same ice cream as me. Vanilla bean. <laughs> it's like, okay. This is this is furthering the story along how. <laughs> yeah. Where's Corn Pop? Are we getting back to Corn Pop at some point? All right. Anyway, here we go. Is he dead already? <laughs> There's a guy named Bill Wright Mouse. The only white guy, and he did all the... Po Bill Wright Mouse also? Bill Wright Mouse. Let me rewind that. <laughs> Not a joke. Oh, that's There's great. a guy named Bill Wright Mouse. Okay. It sounds hyphenated. Right Bill dash. Wright Mouse. <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I preface this by saying all of, I didn't even remember that name as I'm thinking of all the fake names that are all like populate the Biden stories. Corn, Corn, Pop, Corn Pop's the main one here. But on the side, we've got maybe Esther and then <laughs> Joe Wright Mouse or whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe Wright Mouse. That's so good. We got we to gotta use that for a project. It's like he's coming up with better names than we could when we were focusing on making fake names. Only white guy, and he did all the pools. He was the mechanic. And I said, what am I going to do? He said, come down here in the basement where mechanics, where, where, where all the pool filter is. You know, the chain, there used to be a chain that went across the deep end. And he cut off a six-foot length of chain. He folded up. He said, you walk out with that chain. And you walk to the car and say, you may cut me, man, but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. I said, you kidding me. He okay, so I'm, I'm struggling. I don't know if you guys can help me. Right, the, the right mouse guy is telling him to go threaten Corn Pop because Corn Pop's threatening. With a chain. With a chain because Corn Pop has a straight razor and is parked outside or something. And all this is yeah. because he's wearing corn, pomade. Corn pop, corn, <laughs> corn pop and his street racer gang are yeah. about to get wrapped up. Their heads are about to get chain wrapped together by Biden, sponsored <laughs> by the pool mechanic. 
it's another just like the Joss Whedon one. Like I don't know that this story is one I would tell because it escalates so weirdly. Like I told him not to jump into the pool with his pomade. <laughs> now I'm gonna go strangle him because he's threatening yeah. me with a razor. Now I'm gonna go murder some kids in the parking lot because that's my job. Okay, Joe. Sounds like times were different back then, huh? <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's finish. I also this. love too. He's like. Then Wright Mouse took me in the basement full of pool supplies and gave me a chain and told me to, it's like, do you need to, like, you could just say, like, I picked up a chain. You know, he's introducing Wright Mouse yeah. as a character just to, just to say that he was the only white mechanic in town and he gave me a chain. Yeah, right, exactly. All right. Character development. We got like 30 Stunning. seconds left in this story. Let's, let's get to the end of the, the Corn Pop saga. He said, no, if you don't, don't come back. And he was right. So I walked out with the chain. And I walked up to my car, and they had, in those days, you used to remember the straight race, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop no. for a second again. Nobody remembers this. <laughs> You're a thousand years old. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's talking to a, a group of his peers, eh? No, he's, he's surrounded by a bunch of children, actually, as he tells this story. Literally, <laughs> there's, like, there's like eight children behind him. Um, he seems to be like at the pool or something where this happened. Um, but yeah, I'm going to guess these children don't remember when you'd have to go meet a guy after work with straight razors and dip it in a rain barrel to get it rusty. Yeah. I don't know, Joe. I don't know if that was a big thing. Yeah. I don't know if the children in attendance here, uh, Mr. Biden would remember (laughs) the fact that you would get a, uh, a razor blade rusty in order to give somebody tetanus when you slit their throat. I didn't know that. That's good to know. That is great to know. That's how it used to be, huh? (laughs) And I looked at him, but I was smart then. I said, first of all, I said, when I tell you to get off the board, you get off the board and I'll kick you out again. But I shouldn't have called you, Esther Williams. I apologize for that. I apologize, but I didn't know that apology was going to work. He said, you apologize to me? I said, I apologize for that, not for throwing you out, but I apologize for what I said. He said, okay, close the straight razor, and my heart began to beat again. Okay, that's the end of the corn pop story. Um, so, yeah. What a bad dude. I don't, I don't know. He's a but bad boy, that corn pop fella. <laughs> my prediction for the bingo card is that uh, – we all know Biden is uh, not polling great right now, and uh, he's trying to make up some ground in some battle states, or at least you know some southern states maybe, as far as uh, midterms go for Congress. So my prediction is Corn Pop gets uh, some kind of either diplomat job or a cabinet position in a way to try to uh, attract maybe some voters who are disillusioned with him and who happen to not be white. Uh, I'd like to welcome Corn Pop up here. Corn Pop, come on up. <laughs> it's Corn Pop. Listen, we <laughs> listen. We fired Rahm Emanuel from this job, and we gave it to Corn Pop. It's yeah. This like eighty-year-old guy who was in a gang uh, comes up. <laughs> Corn Pop, I'm glad we put our past behind us, and we're moving forward together. He's dressed like he James knighted. Dean. He gets Sorry. knighted with the street razor. <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to give the profession the, the the presidential medal of honor to Corn Pop <laughs> for being such a good dude. I called you a bad dude once and it's a real redemption story for mankind because you're not a bad dude anymore. You are now a good dude, Corn Pop. 
<laughs> I just imagine Corn Pop dressed like uh, what was that? Like Ch- James Dean movie, like the, the one where he's a, a little punk kid. Yeah. Anyways, I just imagine Corn Pop wearing a black leather jacket and like a white solid tee and like some blue jeans pulled up to his belly button. You know what I mean? And he's got his hair slicked back like yeah. Elvis. He's ninety. Yeah. <laughs> Corn Pop and I just went to see West Side Story. <laughs> He loves it. He said, those people dress like I used to. <laughs> also, also something I, I thought was funny was that uh, he's telling this story to be self-deprecating someone. He's like, I used to be smart then and blah, 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 blah. It's like, that. no, that makes you look bad now. You understand? That's not like a funny self-deprecating. That makes you look stupid now. Maybe don't say that. Um, but whatever. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, so I've, I've only got one more on my list. Do you either of you two have other predictions you want to throw out so I don't hog it all, much like a little pig? more. Okay. I do have one more, so I'll throw that in. Actually, all right, so Will. yeah, Will, go for it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hog anything like a... Like, like a, a Tesla piglet. <laughs> exactly. Rolls off the tongue quite nicely, actually. I got a jump off video and get a charger really quick. But no go worries. Ahead. All right, Will. Okay, so my prediction for 2022 is that um, I think there was like one one country recently in like Latin America that switched to like a crypto economy or something. I think San Salvador. <laughs> they have like yeah. a tech bro president, and he unfortunately kind of screwed them over by switching all their stuff to like Bitcoin. Um, so that's going to be fun for them to figure out. But anyways, my prediction is that in 2022, another country, um, I don't know, some small country, probably like Moldova or Montenegro or Liechtenstein or the Vatican or some small non-real country, you know, uh, they switch to like an NFT economy. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to work out. I'm not an economist. You know, I'm not a finance guy. Studied finance for about two weeks and then I dropped every class related. <laughs> but... Um, I would say that they're going to switch to an NFT economy. So I'll let the uh, tech bros figure that one out. I'll let the finance bros uh, work that out themselves. But that's my prediction is that we're headed to NFT. Run <laughs> I, yeah. I like the idea that like you uh, in, instead of like the, the basket at church that they pass around, uh, it's like you log on to the app and you, uh, you know, buy some. You scan the code. Yeah. You scan the QR code to get into the church. The uh, Ethereum basket is uh, the app that uh, we'd like you to open now. <laughs> you imagine there's just a big screen off to the side of the church that's sort of like a like a Twitch like donations <laughs> thing. Like uh, Jimmy and Claire donated five dollars, and then Barbara and Stephen donated five hundred dollars this week. Blah, blah, blah. Just to shame people. Because, you know, if you can't see the cash and it's yeah. just sort of online transactions, the church is like, hey, wait a, wait a minute. Something's slipping. I love you it. Gotta, gotta give that, sh- gotta give a little shame so that they'll give a little more. <laughs> so, like, and like, in the, it starts be, to become a thing in the homilies because they have to, like, sort of uh, <laughs> normalize all this stuff. And it's like, so. Right. So, Jesus, uh, you know, we, we transubstantiate the host into, into the body of Christ, which is a lot like making the value of an nft uh you know uh, like it's a bunch of old guys we have to explain it to who also probably don't really get it like you know so uh you know it's fungible let's talk about fungibility was jesus fungible i wouldn't say so would jesus like to fund you probably 
<laughs> it's just like it's just like a script they all have to sort of like when the new guidelines came out for catholics to uh to update their mass or their services um there'll be like sort of an nft script that goes out you know hey i guess the i guess the home country wants us to read the script we gotta we gotta so you know sort of all the all the religious are you know from this day forward you know the lord shall accept only an nft um <laughs> by papal edict <laughs> you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. So this is great i'm looking forward to this again it might not be vatican city could be montenegro it's true um, yeah. but hey you know that's my prediction that's a good one all right courtney you want to do your last one well i've got two of them but oh. i think the rapture will probably uh follow that nft should it make it all the way to the vatican city i think that's maybe one of the last telltale signs that and uh chester the cheeto gets me to <laughs> they, they they decide like we need to rebrand and we want to make it like a redemptive story for cheetos the brand uh the company um so let's let's crash and burn chester uh you know like uh like, because it worked with subway you yeah know? well i don't know <laughs> did it <laughs> i love i mean <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you. I I certainly think every time I see a subway ad, like remember how they got a child pornographer? Like of all the people you could ever get to be your spokesman, they somehow picked the child <laughs> pornographer. <Fresh>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They never verified that guy. They just picked him off the street, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seems that way, huh? Same thing happened with Cheetos. Yeah. Like uh, so. Who, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Will. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, like, I heard, you know, like a year or two ago, they killed off Mr. Peanut and then they sort of like introduced baby Peanut. Yes. Um, you know, the planters Peanut. Is this like that for Chester Cheetah? We just kill him off and, you know, sort of bring him back as, as like a phoenix. The, uh, yeah, I think they lock him up, though. Count Chocula comes out and says uh -huh. uh, Chester Cheeto has uh, been inappropriate with him several times and he's tired. Has, of... has cheesed his chocolates <laughs> one too many times. Yeah, it's time for change. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so my, my last one is uh, that Brett Kavanaugh is going to start just wearing one of those beer helmets with like beer, like Bud Light cans on the side to Supreme Court hearings. And nobody will tell him to stop. Uh, it's just going to be one of those things where it's like Democrats hate free expression, and uh, you know Gorsuch is like, look, he's got a right to drink whenever he wants to. You know, I personally wouldn't have a beer helmet on, but uh, you know, it's up to him at work. But yeah. okay, it's okay. You know, I'm not judging my coworkers for their individual yeah. choices. I thought Sonia Sotomayor wanted us to put things on our heads, and now she hates the fact that Brett's wearing a beer helmet, and I find it repugnant and hypocritical, <laughs> frankly. And just to clarify, this has not happened yet. <laughs> I don't think yet, uh, but uh, it's it's not that far away from like the guy literally crying in front of the Senate about how much he loves beer, right? I mean, it's it's a it's like he's he's and in there. His, oh, go ahead, sorry. And his version of corn pop, whoever his buddies yeah. may be. Oh, what were their names? Squee was Squee one of them? It was like TJ and Squee. I feel like the all right. Let me look up. The Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> Squee? Wasn't that one of them? I don't know. Is this somebody's nickname or what is this? It was it was PJ and Squee. I was I was close. I said TJ and Squee. Yeah. Um, his friends, when he's talking about like, why wouldn't my, my good friends in our fraternity 
PJ and Squee, when we used to drink beer, like that would be how his story would start, uh, you know, with the waterworks. Um, yeah, that's his corn pop. Although, you know, Kavanaugh, his, his story kind of like I could sort of follow what he was trying to say. So it's a little different than corn pop in that sense. It's like I wouldn't I wouldn't tell that story personally in front of the entire world if it was being televised. But I do understand the story you're trying to tell. It would have been more compelling with a beer helmet. I look forward to seeing that. You doubt how much I love beer? I'm wearing a shirt that says it right now. He like rips off his, uh, all the buttons of his collared shirt. He's got like a tank top that says I heart beer. If, you, if I didn't love beer this much, why would I be wearing this shirt? And everyone's like, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh, that's not really like we're not really doubting that you love beer. If I, look, you think I don't love beer? You think, you think I'm lying up here? Let me drink. I'll, I'll shotgun a beer right now. He like pulls one out. Just like, come on, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know, like, let's maybe let's move on. And then they're like, you know, the Republicans are all like, let's all shotgun beers in solidarity with him. Turns into a thing. Where like, <laughs> Rand Paul brings out a cooler. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I could see all this. I could see also, too, sort of like maybe like a ice sculpture with sort of a beer funnel slide being sculpted around the holidays. A beer luge luge for next year around the Christmas times. Yeah. And then, you know, if anyone doesn't like it, uh, got a problem with Jesus, buddy? Got a problem with the little baby Jesus, do we? Yeah. (laughs) That's your angle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, they'll probably just... I don't know, like say the Supreme Court starts drinking a lot of beers, you know, the, they'd be careful, I guess, if, if it's if it's Clarence Thomas's turn to uh, bring the beers, you know, hands you a can. There's a precedent for maybe not, uh, you know, maybe look closely at that can before you put your mouth on it. <laughs> that's you rinse the can. filters in. Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, that's why you need the filters in the in the tubes of the beer helmet. Get the hair out. It's all... It's all very sciencey and fun <laughs> technology. Yeah, oh, man, the, the people who run our country. Oh man. Well, what great! I, I'm sure that'll uh, that'll improve a lot in 2022. <clears throat> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's my hey. whole list. Do you guys have any other ones before we uh, close the book on our 2022 bingo cards? I think that wraps a pretty bow on the hopes for 2022. All right. Well, I do have two more. Oh, okay. I have two quick throwaways. All right. If you guys want to hear, yeah, just to cap it. us off here. So, first, um, there's definitely, you know, this isn't the end of the pandemic, as we all know. There's probably bound to be more variations of the, of the plague, uh, more um, variants. Um, my my thing is that we're going to be uh, instead of sort of a, a regular animal disease. Uh, we're looking at uh, possibly a global bug disease um, by 2022. So uh, something to watch out for, bug disease, uh, definitely going to be a big deal. So that, and then also I, uh, I, not to get a little, you know, a little too deep for us, you know, we're, we're not necessarily uh, a philosophy podcast, but, you know, this is a, a prediction from Nostradamus, who is, uh, you know, this great historical figure who is projected, um, you know the the future for can i can i stop i want to i want to i want to build up to this a little bit because uh sure yeah i remember no so i when i my first radio show was a paranormal radio show where i i correctly guessed that you could get all the freaks on the history channel to talk to you for an hour 
if you just asked them to. And that was 100% right. Um, and so I'm, I'm fairly familiar with Nostradamus to the extent that I talked to a guy about it and I bought a collection of his, I think they call them quatrains. Um, and I, I read through some of them because I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Because like they'll say, oh yeah, like you read this one and it's talking about like the two towers will fall on the first year of the century. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's that Whoa. sounds really specific and cool, right? And you're like, you, right. you do read them and it's a little different. But before I get to that, are you... All right, Courtney, are you familiar with Nostradamus at all? Just surface level. Okay. So, yeah, like I remember buying it and you read it and it's like, <laughs> it is just 100% nonsense. It is it is like looking <laughs> through a word search and finding three words and then saying like, well, look, on this page, you can see tower two and uh, year. So clearly this is, this is about 9-11. And it's just like, Anything you want it to say, they make it say. And it's just like when you, you talk to people who have like written books on this and you just know, like you can hear it in their voice that they know it's complete nonsense. Like they, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they're barely even trying to sell it, but like people will buy that book and eat it up. So they do it. Uh, it was, it was instrumental for me in like understanding how the world works, which is like, yeah, most people don't even like actually have any thoughts that relate to the things that they say and make money from. Uh, so that's my that's my preamble. But anyway, Will, what what does Nostradamus have to say about 2022? Yeah, so um, not to continue to discredit Nostradamus, but I'm sure he probably just wrote down anything that popped in his head, and he was like, "This will probably happen," you know. So I, I get the sense that from his work, there's a lot of like, "Oh yeah, no, this uh, this could totally happen. Another famine is probably right around the corner." Yeah. So it's sort of like, okay, yeah, you're just sort of guessing plausible stuff, though. Did you find? Uh, but a, anyways, did you find like a quote from Nostradamus you're going to bring in here? I did, yeah. Okay. So I wanted to end the show on a real, like, <laughs> prophetic sort of, you know, legitimate tone. <laughs> uh, so this prophecy for for the year of 2022 is that, um, and I'll, I'll read Nostradamus's words here, so I don't okay, yeah. you know, soil them. What do you think my, he sounds like? Interpretation. Who do you, does he sound um, like? Sean Connery or something? Can we can we get like a little voice going? <laughs> Apparently, it was French. Oh, oh, sorry. What'd you say, Courtney? A French Sean Connery. <laughs> um, oh man, you can just do, um, just do, uh, either. I think you should do either like cartoonish Frenchman or just normal Sean Connery, so you don't overthink it here. Yeah, yeah. No, I would, it would break my brain for about twenty <laughs> seconds to figure out how to merge those two. Um, the okay, so I'll just read it in some, you know, um, as Jared Leto would put it accurate french accent um the sudden death of the first character he will be changed and they will put another in his kingdom so the prediction is uh, for the death of a great leader Ooh. um this article seems to think that it's kim jong-un based on how shit he looks recently um recently hey guys oh, has, has he been looking good like a bunch of weight was there a little period oh, where no. it was like who kim looking good Kim, <laughs> looking swell, buddy. <laughs> I mean, svelte. <laughs> That's what I meant to say, svelte. Yeah, no, he uh, he's not looking great. So they're thinking it's him. I'm thinking it's the Queen of England. I'm thinking she's already dead. Yeah. So I she's mean, not going to be. Because they're, like, um, they're in some weird thing with her, right, where they're like, she will not make a public appearance for the next three months. Uh, she's like getting some maintenance done. Or I don't know, they had some weird... <laughs> They had some weird they said something they... like they were closing a museum for two months yes. to do some repairs, and it was like for a human. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I like this idea. Let's let's bring in like a little. I'll pull out my Nostradamus book. We can do <laughs> every episode. Maybe we read a little bit and hypothesize of what that means for the upcoming year. I love that. Perfect. It'll be our uh, what to expect segment. What to expect in twenty twenty two. All right. Well, uh, anyone want a last word or do we uh, wrap it up here, everybody? It's a lot of food to process already. This was great. I'm yeah, ready to start. Can... I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying, Will? I, uh, sorry, Courtney. What were you saying? Oh, I'm just ready to start playing bingo. Let's All do right. It. Bingo time, everybody. So thanks for listening, watching, whatever you're doing. Uh, this has been the big schmooze. We'll be back, I think, monthly. We're going to try to do a monthly thing. Um, Nostradamus probably has predicted how many times we'll do it this year. So if we switch that up, just uh, pull out your Nostradamus book and look for it in there. Otherwise, yeah, uh, look out for Corn Pop as well. He's probably still out there somewhere. Don't so go down any uh, alleys unless you're ready to run into Mr. Pomade himself, Corn Pop. Keep or a chain if, run. <laughs> yeah, keep a chain with you. Keep a chain handy. Because that's his kryptonite, as we all know. And if you do see him, don't call him Esther. That's all I have to say about that. All right. Good luck and good night.